All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Buffalo Bills Maybe Next Year, the only podcast to win three football games in 12 days. My name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Uh, yeah, three kind of road games, really. I, I feel like that gets sort of lost in the shuffle when people have talked about this. Uh, the the most recent of which was a 24-10 victory over the New England Patriots. Uh, I, I'd say a smothering effort. It was sort of, even when it was kind of, um, you know, 10-7 to 7, uh, and the, the Patriots end up missing a field goal, I, I never felt like the Patriots were doing much of anything. Um and then kind of from that missed field goal on, it really was more or less all Bills. Um, not to say that there were, it, it went perfectly and swimmingly as a, a 24 to 10 score is uh, is only a two score victory. And we've seen much more. Uh, the Patriots did, in fact, manage to get the Bills to punt, which was a, a victory in its own right, probably for New England. Buffalo relied on the running game that didn't involve Josh Allen, and they did not play the turnover game really this week, which was good. Um, in a in a convincing team win, I will call it, um, and they improved to nine and three, and through the machinations of the rest of the league, that puts them at first overall in the American Football Conference at the moment. And we will go from there. Paul, your impressions of the Bills' victory over the New England Patriots? Yeah, three wins in twelve days, as you noted. You can't really do much better than that. And all three games played away from Highmark Stadium or New Era Field or Ralph Wilson Stadium or Rich Stadium, whatever your preference is. But regardless, none of the games were played in Orchard Park. This was, of the three, I think this was the the best game. It was not a typical Bills victory like the kind we've seen in the last few years. This was one of those, it was kind of like the Belichick taste of your own medicine victory where, you know, the Patriots are probably thinking, all right, we need to prepare for Josh, we need to prepare for Diggs. We need to prepare for this dynamic passing game. And the Bills are like, you know what? We're just going to hand it off to two running backs you, you've never heard of or maybe only tangentially heard of because they're not really considered above league average backs. And we're going to just beat you with them. We're going to outpossess you time-wise two to one. We're going to finish our drives. They did have one sloppy turnover uh, where Josh Allen had the fumble, but otherwise uh, they took care of the ball fairly well. Josh did look a little rushed in the final minutes of the first half a couple turnover prone plays there but otherwise best we've seen him play in weeks i would say since probably the uh pre-green pre-green can you say pre-green bay i just did it took me three tries but pre-green bay games and you know all in all just really happy with the fact that the ground game seems to at least be somewhat of a threat. So you're not putting all the weight on Josh, which is my concern when he's nursing an elbow and you need him to be at elite Josh status for the playoffs. Don't, you know, don't overuse him now on the the defensive side of the ball. Obviously a lot of positives there. Great to see Trey white play nearly a full game and to not be picked on very much. It was, you know, good to see, uh, you know, overwhelmingly, the Patriots just looked like they could do nothing offensively, which they've largely looked like for weeks, but the Bills made them look even more so. It was the, you know, the one scare, well, you know, I'll get into this later when we're talking about injuries and Bills news, so I won't go into it now. But, you know, you're kind of looking at that second cornerback spot and getting a little nervous going ahead. But finally, after, what was it, third, third, third time's a charm, where you go on the road against a divisional opponent, you control the game like you should control the game, 
you come out of there with a win, and because of, as Frank noted, the machinations of everything else that went around the league, you are now in that enviable spot in the number one seed in the AFC for the latest point in the season, I think I saw, since 1991. So, or maybe it was 93. It's been a long damn time. So congrats mm-hmm. to the Bills. And now, you know, as, as Bill Belichick would say, on to, on to the Jets. On to the Jets. Scott, you Jets. are not yet allowed to go on the on to the Jets. You have to tell us what you thought of the Patriots game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I think I think Paul hit it on the head uh, with the with the kind of a, a Bills esque showing of you know the the team just kind of um, holding you uh, as you swing mightily, but them having an extended reach and planting their hand firmly on your forehead <laughs> as they kind of swing mightily and struggle and and try and attack you but they just kind of laughingly hold you back and it's not even really a fair fight they're not even trying that hard but they still manage to kind of uh push you away um that that kind of performance um was was fun to see Uh, obviously um you know a little unfortunate to, to have the initial kind of breakdown with the weird gadget player doing the you know the big touchdown on the you know 45 that was right. I didn't enjoy that, but other than that, um, you know, a really good defensive performance again in the kind of the first era of the post, first game of the post Vaughn era for this season at least, though we didn't know it at the time. Um, it was good to see Rousseau. I think actually looked really, really good as sharp as we've seen it. Again, the Pats' offensive line has as much problems as the rest of their team on offense, so I don't want to get too excited. But you know, that's what you know a good team should get a 38%, you know, pressure rate or whatever, whatever ridiculous number it was for the bills in this game. Um, so that was, that was good to see. Um, and then offense, I mean, I think this is, do, do we want to call this the James Cook coming out game? I, I hope we can well, look back and call it that. Yeah. Yeah. 14 carries, 64 yards and six catches for another 41. Uh, no touchdown, but certainly, um, you know, that's 20 touches right there for, for James Cook. And, and 100 yards, and usually yeah. Devin Singletary gets you 80 yards with those 20 touches. So Right. Um, In fact, he got you 51 yards with 13 touches, so there you go. <laughs> Significantly less. So, yeah, so I think that's the um, – and some drop classic Devin Singletary drop single, drop uh, <laughs> drops on swing passes. Yep, yep. So, it felt uh, – I felt the disturbance in the force there, definitely. I, I wanted them to bring out TJ Yeldon, but I guess he's not on the roster anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Dawson Knox also got in there with a drop, which was exciting for, for drop fans. Oh, he was targeted this week anyway. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, and I, I think um, offensive line kind of you know, doing an okay job. Um, obviously, Uche and, and Judon still had their, had their moments and were able to get in on Allen couple of occasions but um that that wasn't it didn't it didn't kill the bills um, right just because of the amount of, of dominance that we have in pretty much all the phases um and, you know another great game for jake so yeah it, it was it was a good win good to see it on the road um to go in and kind of keep this um frank you frank you'd love to talk about it the momentum and yes it's a big momentum it's a guy. big momentum fan um, <laughs> yeah uh, big largely in favor of inertia it's so frank Yes. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, like we were saying, this was the first in a three game set that was really critical, but I, I don't want to um, oversell it as being anything more than we beat the worst of the three teams probably at this point. So let's not, let's not go too far. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you can definitely um, look at it and say, you know, they should have won this game and they did. And so how much credit do you want to give them? And I think that one of the things that when you think about them when they were six and three is they weren't winning uh, one or two games that we all think they should have. And and that's a bit evidenced by the fact that they've lost all three of their games by a total of eight points and, and you know, didn't play their maximum game. I think one of the thing, two of the things I really want to highlight um, was that they adjusted well, um, not just in-game, but to the game in that they really just decided that, you know, much to, you know, look, I have to be flexible here. I want them to pass it and throttle everyone by scoring, scoring, scoring. And it's clear that, like, between the elbow and some receiver issues, they don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, and so to to move over to a, a, a game where they're going to, to um, run the ball more and not just with Allen, that seems to have served them well, especially in this game. And they certainly committed to it. And it worked for them, so that's great. Um, you know, I wanted... And then the other thing was the initial you know, series with Questenberry, who it's, it's good because my first instinct with Questenberry was, God, that's brutal. And then you could tell he's clearly playing on one leg and you sort of want to give him some credit for gutting it out. And then Bobby Hart comes in and you realize like, yes, David Questenberry on one leg is probably better (laughs) than Bobby Hart. Um, And it was good because you could really highlight the difference between this person's terrible at this and this person is just like really struggling. And so, you know, kudos to him better for one, kind better of two. say again. Better one, better two. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, okay. and and you know, I think that was the one thing that the the Patriots I did I, I would say really did well. Their pass rush and their their contain on Josh Allen was also pretty good. There was a couple of times where I felt like you know. The for sure Josh Allen 15-yard run wasn't there. He never really had that run, and I think that was a little bit of game plan and a little bit of the the Patriots actually did a decent job on containing him. Um, and I think because they had committed to it. Um, Sal Capaccio had said that apparently their game plan was to kind of, you know, play short ball and hope the Bills miss on tackles. And that to me is, that's like classic 2000s Bills offensive hopes is like, okay, we're going to, we're going to keep it all in front of us and hope that, you know, they accidentally miss. And, and to be sure, that was the only touchdown they scored was that was that sort of exactly what happened was DeMar Hamlin kind of got completely gassed again. And, you know, next thing you know, the, the gadget guy has gone 7,000 yards for a touchdown. But on the whole, they, they tackled well and they controlled the game. And um, we'll bring it up closer to the— uh, discussion about the Jets about whether this is sustainable or not and whether some of the guys they get back or not will help but um, clearly we have some some other sort of issues here with the team to discuss Um, but let's go ahead and do um, three stars and then we can talk Mm -hmm. about I think I'm gonna lump AFC seed one in in I think that's more of a team news because it's really a discussion about kind of the state of the AFC but why don't we do three stars and we'll uh, we'll we'll then get to some of the big team notes and stuff. Yes. Um, so honorable mention goes to Josh Uche, two sacks, uh, three QB hits, seven tackles. Again, the New England defense not uh, obviously coached well, and and you know not not a bunch of, of no name guys. There's some good players here with Judon and, and him and some of the other ones. So expecting the Bills to go up and down the field was probably too much. And I think. Um, they deserve credit for kind of slowing this as much as they did, uh, slowing down the Bills' offense as much as they did. So we'll mention for that. Good for them. Um, 
third star, though, goes to James Cook, previously mentioned. 14 carries, 64 yards, and uh, 6 for 41. Uh, again, didn't get the end zone, but lots of good work. Also, lots of good work between the tackles, which I think is something that seems like we've historically, at least in the season, have used him. You know, the package started with just it's James Cook on a sweep or James Cook on a on a swing pass because he's a fast guy and you want to give him space. And it's like, yeah, sure, that that's a good theory. Um, and if you're going to start some plays with him, by all means, start with the ones where he's best able to use that. But if he comes onto the field in only those situations, it's only a matter of time before the defense kind of figures out what's going to happen. So that that didn't really work as well as it probably could have. And now that he has probably a fuller playbook that he's operating with, he clearly is is able to exploit that more and is, is more comfortable using it. So I'm, I'm, it's nice to see. I think it adds a, a really good dimension to the offense um, that Singletary just doesn't have in terms of the speed and explosion. Um, so uh, I will give the uh, second star to Stefan Diggs, seven catches, 92 yards, and one touchdown. Um, obviously uh, a good performance, another great performance from Steph. Um, nice, good, good touchdown kind of um, getting open, getting open on other things. Um, he's a good player. He gets a second star. I don't have too much to say. Uh, mm -hmm. And then first star, Josh Allen, uh, 223 and two touchdowns. Um, with with the, the fumble, uh, you know, Again, not a great offensive performance. Um, you know, Bills defenders did a good job as well, but with the Patriots' offense as, as terrible as it was, it was tough to really pick out a standout. Um, you know, we could talk about Rousseau and Vanessa doing their jobs up front, but, it, you know, pressures are good, but sacks are better. And then they got the one. Um, Mac Jones was clearly harried, um, which affected the overall play, but um, you know, couldn't quite get there on a couple of occasions. But, um, so Josh uh, returns to the first star kind of scene. If there are, maybe you'll find I'm trying, but whatever it is, his performance has been kind of, again, not as quite as, um, you know, again, explosive and crazy good as we've seen him. Um, but in an otherwise kind of, uh, unmemorable, I guess I would say bills Patriots win, uh, for the bills, uh, Alan, Alan kind of gets it uh, a little bit by default, the two greatest right. words in the English language, according to Homer Simpson. Mm -hmm. Although, um, but, although the pass uh, to Gabriel Davis for the TD, that that will not be unmemorable. That that will be remembered. Yeah, I, I was I didn't want to say anything, but like that's one of the most ridiculous, amazing, <laughs> influential passes ever it in the universe. Like, it was a good play. It was a good, <laughs> was play. A good play. I I I don't want to I don't want to talk about it too much because I forgot about it and I don't want to uh, <laughs> overstate that fact. And so uh, I'm just I, gonna. I, I, I tend to I agree to, that the I game like, overall was kind of like a flat game. Right, and his job was to play yeah. a more boring brand of football, and and he did. Yeah, overall, except yes, for the that, one time that he was did. an exceptional play. I worked like I was out of the off out of the house for like thirteen hours today, so I am not <laughs> good space of mind to remember things. But yes, that was a good play, and it's been memed into oblivion at this point. So good, good for Josh. Another another pile, um, and yes, on on to uh, on to New Jersey. On to New Jersey. Well. Uh, before we get to New Jersey, we have to discuss some of the things that happened with the team. Uh, no, no. Yeah, we do. No. Odell Beckham, okay, Odell Beckham Jr. visited Buffalo, and then he went to Dallas, and then there was some stuff about Dallas saying they're not going to sign him without um, a physical, or a, without a, a workout, excuse me. He had a physical, and the Bills did a physical. Um but there's no decision as of this minute as to whether he's who with whom, if anybody, he is going to sign. Um, 
Deion Dawkins was nominated as the Walter Payton uh, Player of the Year for Buffalo for being he. That's like the general "you're a good person" Charlie Brown award. <laughs> and uh, Marquez Stevenson was released. I, and I should have thread this a bit better because one of the things about the OBG visit is it's un it's unsure exactly when he'd be able and ready to play, and and it might not be till January, which of course is why you're signing him. Um, but the other thing, of course, is that when you sign some of these players that come off of ACL injuries um, and they're a bit older, it can always go haywire um, as the Von Miller. Yeah. Do, do you have there. an example? Frank, yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to I was thinking out loud in my brain, which is where I do most of my thinking. Um, I about, usually do it in my penis, which is why you're probably far along in life. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you have a pretty big brain from what I've heard. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's move on from there. I was thinking about if Brandon Bean was specifically like mulling the OBJ offer that they've made as in one hand and literally in his other hand is the worst case example of what could happen. Von Miller, um, it turns out that his ACL was torn, um, uh, a little bit. And unfortunately a little bit is the same as a lot. And so when they went in and did some exploratory surgery, uh, they found that it was torn and they repaired it. And now that it's repaired, he's out for the rest of this year. He likely wouldn't be back until December of next year. And good Lord, is there nothing to do about his contract? Um, because <laughs> it's it's like a, it's like a Josh Allen year in dead money. It's like $46 million. I don't even want to get rid of him. I think he's a great guy. He clearly was an excellent player for the Bills this year. Um, but this is, of course, why you signed him was this stretch from December until February. And this is when he's not available. And um, and as Paul has mentioned many times, I believe on this show uh, that, you know, this was the the, the risk reward of, of swinging for the fences here. Um, Paul, why don't you go ahead and, and I won't steal your, your line there from the, the chat, but why don't you yeah, I will try go to, ahead and give uh, us your thoughts here? Yeah, no, I believe I said something along the lines uh, yesterday to Frank and Scott when we were discussing about, you know, the chances you take when you're uh, swinging for the fences. Sometimes you follow the pitch straight into your nuts. And unfortunately, that is uh, in proverbial nuts for our women listeners. Um, and that's unfortunately, I should say it's unfortunately what happened because we don't know how this contract is going to look in the long run. He looked as phenomenal as we expected him to look for 11 games. Yeah. And now during the most critical part of the year, you're in the one seed, it's December the playoffs are all but assured over 99%. You win the next two weeks. The division title is all but assured. And instead, you're taking the – uh, you can probably say the best defensive player, and that's no disrespect some of the great players on defense, the Milanos and the Edmonds and the Trey Whites and the Ed Olivers. But this is, this is the guy. This is that defensive player of the year proven guy. And now you have to try to win without him. And the – Scary thing for me is when I look at snap counts and I see uh, Scott had mentioned what a good game Greg Rousseau had had. Uh, excellent game, actually, and we hope we see that development. But who was second in snap counts on the defensive line? Uh, healthy scratch, week one, Shaq Lawson. Who I like. Shaq is fine, but all Shaq is 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 fine. You know, I think A.J. Epinesa had 20 snaps. Uh, Boogie Basham had fewer than 20 snaps. And the fact that they're being rotated in that fashion tells me that they don't quite feel they're effective pass rushers. So you're now depending on all your pass rushing from Greg Rousseau and Shaq Lawson. Rousseau's gotten home a lot more here in his second year, and you hope that trend continues. Shaq's never been particularly great at getting home. He can apply some decent pressure. But, you know, Jerry Hughes could apply decent pressure 
last year. The other guy I can't think of uh, across from Jerry Hughes last season, the old dude from uh, Carolina, he also could apply decent pressure. But Von Miller was a get-home guy. And so, yeah, you can frame this any way you want. Uh, it really hurts. You do have to hope that, you know, some of these other guys step it up. I think Rousseau, there's a lot of weight on his shoulders. You're looking out the interior linemen, guys like Ed Oliver, not to become Aaron Donald, but to become closer to Aaron Donald and maybe seeing more of him out of the pass rush game, which we've seen, uh, especially in the Detroit game and on all Thanksgiving games in recent weeks. So this is certainly the biggest uh, blow that the team has had in a while. Uh, it is not a death knell. I do not think it means the season is over by any stretch. Uh, he is part of the team for the long run. He is $18.7 million cap number next year if they release him. He is a $40.1 million cap number, so that's not happening. So you just got to roll with this punch. Uh, you know what? The ball's hit you in the dick after you fouled it back into you, but hopefully you're wearing a cup and you can survive it and move on and, and still hit the home run you need to hit later in this at-bat. Yeah, Paul, Scott, um, do you do you want to talk about balls? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not good. Um, I don't like it. Uh, I think I'm trying to think about what it means for this. What it means for this season. Um, it's not good. I I don't. I still think the Bills. Can, can do what they need to do in this season without him. I think that the margin for error is, is almost gone now in terms of injuries, though. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we learned this season so far is that the Bills, like all teams, are worse when key people get injured. And this is now a key person who is injured. And Von Miller was there, you know, helping to try and force fumbles and create pressures and make sacks when the rest of the defense was a bunch of walking wounded guys and the secondary was filled with, with, you know, one injury from kind of collapse. Now the rest of those things are healthy, but he is gone. So um, the, the challenge is, you know, the, the defense was still pretty good last year. Um, one, number one, statistically in many categories, um, but they weren't able to make it work in the, the biggest game of the year when we needed them, when the Chiefs scored 50 points in, you know, something like 60 seven minutes or whatever it was um that that is going to be the challenge again this year because we are going to play maybe it's the chiefs uh, maybe it's a high-powered dolphins team that we have to meet again in the playoffs uh maybe it's a chargers team or an eagles team in the super bowl you know i hope um but but the defense is still going to have to make some plays i don't know uh, yeah i mean Rousseau, oliver they're guys who have the potential maybe one day to be <clears throat> approaching Von Miller if they're lucky, but it's certainly not anywhere near it right now. Um, and they need to take some major steps forward. Um, you know, no one has to replace him collectively. We have to get there to try and provide some of that, but it's just, it's just a, it's really tough. You know, these guys don't grow on trees. That's why we, that's why he commands that kind of salary money that we're talking about is because guys like Von Miller do not go on trees. Um, and guys like, you know, even Greg Rousseau and Ed Oliver are, for the moment, you know, not not those guys that you have to game plan defense, or game plan and offense around. Uh, we have to avoid this guy. Um, and as a result, um, yeah, it, I, you know, 
It's not, it's not, it's not over. It's definitely not over. It's just, uh, the road got a lot harder in the last 48 hours. It did. And, uh, so like, you know, as you said, avoiding injuries. So let's really hope that, you know, Matt Milano and Jordan Phillips don't for some reason sit out two days of practice or anything. Cause yeah, oh, exactly. Right. Those would be some really critical performers who, who could help, you know, cover yeah. up for lack of defensive end pressure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I blame Frank for noting before we even found out about Von Miller that, oh, look at all these players the Bills are going to have back that they didn't have last time. Granted, we knew they'd be missing Miller, but now Milano not practicing. Two days yeah, but like Milano, okay, when I said that, there wasn't like any <laughs> indication anywhere that Matt Milano was in any sort of physical trouble, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. Oh, no, you're not really to blame. I'm just, I just need to throw blame somewhere. And yeah. so I'll just put the jinx blame on you. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, certainly Miller would help in this stretch, including some critical games against, as you, as you said, Miami, and, and I think probably uh, Cincinnati, obviously, down the stretch. They're all sort of like the, the, the margin for the number one seed is absolutely razor thin. There is technically a little more wiggle room with regards to the division. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk. Actually, this would be a good place to talk about it. If you watched any of the um, games this week or any of the highlights, I had watched as much of the Jets game as I could handle. That was pretty, I was good. I was happy to see that, you know, Mike White was following his pattern of uh, sort of incredible performance to mediocre, bad performance to hopefully, you know, the downward slide continues this week against, against the Bills. Although I, you know, I don't know if, if it changes much with Zach Wilson. I think the other thing was watching Tua Tagovailoa play the first team the Dolphins played their first team against first game against a team with a winning record this week and they got they got beat now they didn't like the the final score is a little misleading because there was uh two quick touchdowns kind of at the end of the game but they certainly but weren't not, able... not misleading the fact that they're playing Brock Purdy most of the time right they they played a good uh, I, I think a very good defense in, in, against in yes. San Francisco um at least as good as the Bills defense if not better probably um, but you know, they, they absolutely were playing a third string quarterback with, with, you know, two guys, Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, and they weren't able to do very much to kind of take the ball from them. They couldn't put the game away. Typical Dolphins fashion, man. I'm not, I, I understand that they're good, but I, I, I do think that like two is Alex Smith and when plays go well for him, it's great. And when he's in trouble, I have yet to see him really dig himself out against a good team um so we'll see you know hopefully the bills are now qualified as a good team and they will struggle as well but that's a week away um but i did watch that and i watched the end of the chiefs game and um i felt good about the bills watching all those games the only thing i don't feel good about is is injuries but even even in this 12 game stretch they've had injuries on both sides of the football um and they've managed to 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 work through them uh granted against you know, a 500 uh, Patriots team and, and to, you know, although the, the Lions have come on as of late, they're actually favored yeah. against Minnesota of all things. They're going to play Minnesota this week and the Lions are favored. So I, I think that tells you. Which is insane of, for a 10 and two team against a five and seven team. One I think that it also says, to, the, yeah, the, the Vikings have won so many games. I mean, to give you know listeners an idea, Frank was you know messaging me and, and Scott. I was on the Metro on Sunday. So oh yeah, it looks like Vikings are pulling away. And sure enough, and I got home and yeah, it seemed to be the case. And I'm watching the game, and all of a sudden, the Jets are down five, and they have inside two minutes, and they have second and goal from the Minnesota one. 
And I'm thinking, right. well, <laughs> this this went south fast. So the Viking, and we saw them against the Bills. They 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 played with fire a lot. And I think odds makers are now saying, you know what? Maybe the Lions are going to be the ones that finally burn you. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I I wasn't. I, there's obviously teams that can be, beat the Bills. I'm not not saying that, but I I don't really think that there is anybody head and shoulders better than them. Maybe the Chiefs now, but I wouldn't even call them head and shoulders. I I, I would listen to. The Chiefs are the better team at, at this minute, and the Bengals might be the better team at this minute in the AFC. But I don't think I can say head and shoulders and like they they you know absolutely are going to dominate Buffalo if they play them. Yeah, I do. This is why not to get back to Vaughn, but I do think about going against yes. the Bengals. I would feel eighty percent more confident with Vaughn Miller going against their left or right tackles, who are mediocre at best, yeah, all day than I will with Rousseau and Lawson. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I, I, you know, the playoff picture, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I think the, the Dolphins this week are up against the Chargers, and the Chargers yep. have a bad defense, so this could be another week where maybe Tua picks on that, but the Chargers are also a team that, you know, as they get a little bit healthier, they show signs of emerging from this, you know, 6-6 six and six coma they're in. Um, it's a crazy stretch of games. I mean, the Bills, uh, I looked at the odds. Next week they could be uh, – 90 over 99 percent to win the division and uh, like 60 percent to get the first round by or they could be 48 percent to win the division about three percent to get the buy so yeah. definitely going to be a, an interesting you know with all these games going on uh you know that effect and we don't talk much about the bengals and ravens but they're a game behind the bills in the standings so and the bills have that game against cincy later this year that could even yeah. add out so i don't i mean i think the 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 Ravens might be done anyway. I mean, it looks like Lamar's hurt, and yeah. you know, they sort of had the they had they have issues anyway. I feel like they have issues even with Lamar because of how they run their offense, and I, I never really worried about them. I think the Bengals, right. although they really... do have an easy schedule, I think they've got the Steelers twice is their their harder games, and one at the Bengals, but they have the Browns and Falcons, so that gives yeah. them some assistance too that they can pick on some some pretty crummy teams. The Bills also signed defensive tackle Kendall Vickers to the practice squad and played, placed Eli Anku on the practice squad injured reserve. I guess they have one down there too. Um, and Jordan Phillips, that, that's one thing from that game that drove me nuts, was like Jordan Phillips chasing, um, what's his name? Oh, like, yeah. Like Ticket 40 yards back. Ever. And then eventually collapsing with a shoulder injury. I know, and he like, yeah. fell, like, he fell of his own accord and like – injured his shoulder like how hard do you have to fall on your shoulder to, i mean i get it but he was he was it was a dive he definitely was like i don't want to chase this motherfucker anymore yeah i'm just gonna try and make a diving effort to make it seem like i'm gonna <laughs> i know i'm not gonna get it that's so much i'm worse. just gonna try so i don't have to chase him anymore because it was like yeah. two plays prior that he'd been chasing him and mac jones got away and ran all the way to the other side he's i'm not doing that again, basically right He's like, that's I would like rather a, throw 340 pounds of body weight onto my shoulder than do that again. That's like that's like the pitcher on the Nationals, I forget who, that punched the, the bathroom wall and broke his hand. Oh, forget, Drew Storen. Drew Storen, right, yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, all, like, if he had just sort of run out of gas and fallen down, like, everyone would have been fine. Like, we don't care. The game's over at that point. So, no, I mean. No, in the in the locker room, that's, that's exactly, that's the problem. Is it a Sean McDermott, process-oriented uh, film session on Monday. If 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 Jordan if Jordan Phillips just <laughs> if Mac Jones cuts and Jordan Phillips just like oh, 
lies down on the field. <laughs> <laughs> come and get me like that's not going to be a fun film session for him you know he's got to show that he's trying even if that means he's going to separate his shoulder on the way like, that's just that's that's what you do in a Sean McDermott uh, system <laughs> that's the process Show I think the, the process I think that some of that process was only for when the uh the uh what am I trying to say only when Zay Allen. Jones was on the team now we have a little now <laughs> we're like okay we can we can fudge the process a little just Josh Allen. The process is so good. Let me take a look. I just wanted to see Melvin Ingram. Tua Tagovailoa limited by his ankle. Christian Wilkins not listed. Okay, because he he came out of the game. Christian Wilkins. All right, we don't need to talk about the Dolphins. I'm sure we're making Jets fan. I'm making Jets fans angry by looking past the Jets, but I'm looking past the Jets. I don't know what. Yes, we'll talk about the Dolphins plenty next week. <clears throat> All right. Do we have any listener questions, Paul? Did anybody chime we had, in? We had none. Now, granted, I posted this morning, but still, come on, UMS. Just, just you, you throw throw us a bone next time. Although you did save us some time, not having to acknowledge yeah. your questions. So. Hashtag UMS. So thank you for that. Uh, okay. So we've talked about the injuries. It looks like a lot of the uh, some of the people are coming back. I, you know, I'd be surprised if I honestly would be surprised with the high ankle spring if Deion Dawkins is playing this week. Um, but I yeah. would guess Morse is playing. There's a chance Questenberry plays. You know, Gilliam, I don't even know if I care if he plays. Um, Milano is the guy that has me most worried. I mean, like it's. Yeah. I think it's a demonstrably different team when you don't have both linebackers in there. And I don't think that means you can't beat the Jets, but I, I feel much right. better when he's in there. I will say at least they have A.J. Klein this time, which they didn't last time that Milano yes. was down for a while. But still, big drop-off there, of course, but it, it's not as big a drop-off as it would be to Dodson or Bernard. I'm hopeful I feel like that Jerry Edmonds Hughes is gets... Better. Edmonds ahead, is a better... Like, of the two of them, like Edmonds is the guy who's better in run support, I find. Um, so that with the, the Jets kind of continuing to rely on the run game, um, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll take our chances a bit with Mike White. Um, if we can stop the one with Ed, run with Edmonds, then Milano's absence hopefully will not be hurt, uh, will not feel as much. He felt right, much, but it's still not great either. Let's take a look at the while I pull up the NYT playoff machine uh, because oh we're not supposed to go to the New York Times today, but I'm gonna go anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I accidentally did, and I did my Wordle today, so I I'm don't. Sorry. You know I, what though? I, I don't, don't even know what support you, New York Times Guild. He tell you what though, I don't even know what they're protesting or, or striking on, and don't tell me. Thank you. Um, but also, you I don't know if I trust them. So, uh, but their playoff machine's fine. So you know, I, I anyway, I don't want to get all weird about that. I just wanted to pull up the Bills' upcoming games in the games this week, so I'd have a handy handy dandy chart. But why don't we go ahead and start this day in Bills headlines? Because I don't know that there's much else yeah. to talk about. Yeah, sounds great. We'll uh, launch into. This day in Bill's headlines, it is December 8th when we are recording this. So we will start this day in Bill's headlines with a bit of a tribute of, of the this death in Bill's headlines today. We're going to go back one year to 2021, arguably the second best uh, Bill's special teams player ever. Bill's special teams stalwart blank passes away. Now was, we Was this Pike? It was Mark Pike. I didn't even yeah. need to give the... The hint that the reason we often underrate him is because he played during the same time as the best special team or the Bills ever right. had. Possibly the best special team of the NFL ever had. Um, but yeah, Mark passed away. It was a, a year ago, uh, December 8th. It was posted on BuffaloBills.com. Uh, uh, Nanj Hopkins and Fono. He's had 
13-year NFL career with the Bills, suited up for 173 games for Buffalo after being a seventh-round pick in 1986. So, uh, Mark, thank you for all your, your contributions to the team. All right. 2020, Bills cornerback blank creates Buffalo business blitz to help small businesses in need. So what Bills year is this? Quarterback bl- Go ahead. What year did you say? Sorry. 2020. Is this Trey White uh, then? Nope, not Trey White. Okay. Uh, says Bills cornerback Blank is trying to do his part this holiday season, giving back to a place that holds a special place in his heart. I'm compelled to do something, Blank said. My passion goes just beyond words. Blank announced an initial donation of 25000 that will help struggling small businesses in western New York. The goal is to help every business that applies, but after receiving upwards of 300 applicants, more needs to be done. So they end up raising a little over half a million dollars for this campaign. Cornerback? Yep. So Yep. Levi I'll give Wallace. a hint that I know. Not Levi. All of these guys were employed by the Bills at this time, though. So kudos for uh, so relevant Levi, guesses. Um, Cam Lewis? Not Cam Lewis. E. Also at the Bills. EJ Gaines was not on the Bills. So it's, now is the first non Bills guess you've been made. What was that? Dane Jackson. Not Dane, but he was on the Bills then, too. This guy is no longer a Bill, but right. I will say, while he was a Buffalo Bill, I would be. Uh, riding the metro here in D.C. And every two minutes, right there in front of me on the screen, there he was uh, telling me if I see something to say something, especially if there's an odd package or any bag near me I do not recognize. Okay, so I was I was thinking maybe it'd be like a stop name, but it's not. He was – what Paul's saying is he's a former commander. Yeah, um, he was an all-pro with uh, the Panthers too in 2015. Oh, Josh Norman. Josh Norman, very there good. There we go. All right. 2018 – Bills blank, flourishing under Brian Dable, ready to be number one receiver. Everyone expected 400 catches from me last year, and it didn't happen for me, blank said. And now that I'm doing things better, so to speak, it's how have you done it and how did it happen? 2018. 2018. Under Brian Dable, 2018. Zay Jones? Zay Jones. There you go, Frank. I was going to say, he was, may have been primed to be a number one receiver, but he was traded within one year of this comment. So He had his uh, best year. Yeah, he point. did. He, he did have a good year. He does actually, I looked up this year, he has 25 more catches than Gabe Davis this year, but he has fewer yards. So right. becoming a bit of a reliable possession receiver with 60 catches already in Jacksonville, probably get we to that 80-plus catch mark. But We could use one of those. Yeah. Yep, we should have. Yeah, it should have just hung on to him for a little bit. Um, all right, 2017. Blank, ready if called on, Tyrod Taylor returns to practice. Blank leads the Bills with 222 snaps on special teams. He's taken just eight snaps on offense, but five of those came last week against New England when he lined up as a Wildcat quarterback. He threw once, but the pass intended for running back Travaris Cadet went long. That was the first throw attempted by Blank since the 2011 season. Hmm. Percy Harvin? Nope. This is Joe uh, Webb. Is this the Joe yes, Webb? Yes, Joe Webb. Okay. Very good. I could, I could feel you gearing up to go, Frank has a story about this guy. And yep. it was Joe so, Webb. Not, not needed. So, yep, good old Joe Webb. And hilariously, this headline was the week leading up to the uh, Colts game that Tarad didn't play. So they starred Nathan Peterman. He was injured in the first half. And then the legendary Joe Webb to Deontay Thompson pass in overtime that helped get the Bills to the playoffs. All right. 2016. 
Dills Blank among the NFL's best in short yardage situations. More than half of Blank's 64 carries this season have gone for first downs or touchdowns. He's a perfect 13 for 13 when called on to get two yards or less. His average of 5.9 yards per carry would lead the league if he had enough attempts to qualify. We could use a guy who could go 13 for 13 uh, to get two yards or less. That's been a Bills bugaboo this year. So this is not with Sean McCoy. I'll give you that hint. He's not the starter. This is a guy who like, all right, we need a banger to go up in there and get get some hard yards here. Let's give LaShawn a rest. Good reliable back though. Went to uh, went to the Patriots after the Bills. Uh, signed a decent deal with them actually, but never really got to the level he was at when he was a backup in Buffalo. Uh, Trey Turner. Ah, Trey Turner. Now of the uh, enemy, we won't even say them. Also an enemy to Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Xander Boy, I hate the Phillies. I had to root for the damn Astros in the World Series. You know how tough that is to do? At least they had Dusty Baker. I didn't. I just rooted for the Phillies. I gave up. Uh, Too much harassment at Nats Park between 2008 and 2011 for me to ever root for the Phillies. That's fair. I don't know if I know this running back's name offhand here. All right. Uh, There's no easy hint to give here because he has. Alec Baldwin, yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm going to avoid every inappropriate joke, but I'm just going to give controversial. the controversial. Yeah, of uh, Mike Gillisley. Mike Gillisley. Mike Gillisley. All right. Speaking of running backs, we're going to go back to 2011 now. Blank, eager to make good with Bills. I was amazed at how much he had retained of our system, said Gailey. He used a lot of the same terminology that he had at Georgia Tech. He's really, really smart, and that retention gave him an opportunity sooner rather than later with us. Bills had claimed blank off waivers on November 23rd, reuniting with his former Georgia Tech head coach, Chan Gailey, who replaced an injured Fred Jackson as the backup to C.J. Spiller, playing in six games and rushing for 70 yards and one touchdown in 2011. Came back in 2012 and had a pretty decent year. Right choice. It, it, what'd you say? I think you got it, Scott. Deshard choice. It was Deshard choice. I had many puns related to opportunities and decision making and so forth, and I gotcha. put them aside. So didn't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to waste those usage. That's all right. I didn't even write them down, so I would have had to improv them anyway. All right. Uh, no quiz for 2008, but uh, a very nice headline that Bill's tight end Kevin Everett reportedly walking on his own after spinal cord surgery. So right. hope you're doing well, Kevin. Um, all right, 2004. Uh, you guys will not get this one. But I need to vent about this guy. And normally, I do not vent about Bill's players for performances on the field. But the fact that when I went to his Wikipedia page, it's clear that this guy has written his own Wikipedia page. And it's ridiculous. And talking about his, like, vacation in Costa Rica and shit. That we're going to drag this guy today. All right. So Dean Kane. What's that? Dean Kane. Dean Kane. Ah, Dean. We could drag him every day, even though he's Superman. All right. Bill signed tight end blank. Blank spent time on the Bills practice squad last season before he was released prior to this season. He has spent the majority of this year on the Eagles practice squad. Now, you may ask me uh, while you're thinking about this or looking it up, uh, whichever works, and I wouldn't even judge you for looking this one up. This guy played, he came in the bill that Mark Campbell had gotten hurt. Uh, I think Dave Moore was hurt. They were really down the list here for tight ends. Fast forward to the last game of the season. This guy's got to get significant playing time in there. The Bills are up, I believe, one point on the Steelers. Uh, They convert a third and one 
uh, but they are called for offensive pass interference, now have a third and 11 against the Steelers. Uh, Drew Bledsoe throws a pass of about six yards to this guy, and he's just got to go five more yards to get the first. And he goes four yards before anyone even contacts him. And the second someone contacts him, a, this guy, a big tight end, goes down like a lump of potatoes. Uh, so now it's fourth and one. Ryan Lindell misses a chip shot field goal, which never happened. Two plays later, Willie Parker runs four billion yards. Uh, the Steelers never look back. They take the lead. The Bills can't come back. And if he'd gotten this first and the Bills finished that drive, get an eight-point lead, game could have gone differently. So who am I dragging? Um, is it another Dave? No, not a Dave. I'll give you his first name. It is Rodney. Carmichael. Rodney Carmichael. I don't even know. This is another guy where I would have an inability making a pun on his last name. Um, but yeah, his name is Rodney Trafford. And if you look at his Wikipedia page, he has the early years segment, which has the subheader heart-stopping moment that saved Trafford. College career, Trafford recalls big time catch. Career highlights pro, lists his game log in entirety on Wikipedia. So you see all three of his career catches, including the one I just discussed, the last of his career. Trafford recalls big time catch. Trafford yep. out to continue turnaround. Yeah, it's like he absolutely edited his own page here. Yeah, there's an activity section talking about him going to Costa Rica and Tamarindo, where I've been. I have a shirt that says Tamarindo on it still that I use as a nightshirt. Uh, talk about a high school success in, or some success in 2013. Obviously, he was out of high school by then. Talks about his job as a regional sales manager. So, yeah, Rod Trafford, uh, I just did this segment to drag you. Thank you for your patience. All right, moving back to this day in Bill's headlines. 2000, your favorite time. Let's name that running back. Blank set to return against Colts. Bills rookie running back Blank, who's missed three games with a high ankle sprain, ran well in practice yesterday and declared himself ready to play against the Colts on Monday. Uh, Travis Henry. Not Travis. He was 2001 or 2002. Okay. Yep, he came the next year. Because this was when we couldn't stop drafting running backs. Right. This is when you just go through your list of running backs to name from this era, and you will hit him eventually. This Sam is a guy's Gash. name. Not Sam Gash. Sam Morris. Sammy Morris. There we All go. Right. I knew you guys would get there by three. Because then you guys usually don't get Sean Bryce until after you've gotten Sammy Morris, and Jonathan right. Linton always escapes your mind. So I was pretty confident you'd get Sammy. Sure. All yes. right. Bryson is like breaking case of an emergency. And, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then poor Jonathan Linton, team's leading rusher in 2000. I literally almost forgot his name, and you just said it. <laughs> yeah. So, so in in the off season, we'll need to do this more. But like, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that Beyonce is the is the Sammy Morris of yes. early 2000s Bills running backs, and then that makes Kelly Rowland your Sean Bryson. Okay. And then that makes Michelle Williams your uh, yeah, that makes sense. A great sound effect there too to drive. Yeah, that, that was my wife. She's not. Child. She's not happy with uh, with with uh, your Beyonce joke. What can I say? She had to text yeah. very loudly. <laughs> All <laughs> right, we have one more headline, and this is a big winner as well. Uh, we're gonna just talk about. We're not gonna talk about Sammy Morris in this headline, but we will talk about Hugh Morris uh, for those of you who are familiar with him. So. Mm -hmm. 1997, 25 years ago, WCW Nitro Report, blank, fights Buffalo Bills quarterback Jim Kelly. 
This week's show comes to us comes to you live from Buffalo, New York, and nothing says Buffalo like Bills QB Jim Kelly. That's also one of the greatest DEs ever to play the game, Bruce Smith next to him, but I'm assuming he just showed up with Kelly unannounced. They didn't have a graphic name ready uh, name graphic ready for him. Ric Flair cuts a promo about how he's heard Bret Hart has joined the NWO and calls him the best there is, calls himself the best there is, the best there was, and the best ever will be, but he's not as good as Flair, said Flair. Comparing Hart to Flair, Flair says it's like comparing John Elway to Jim Kelly. Things got even worse later in the show when Blank shows up for a match with Hugh Morris and announces he's got a bone to pick with Kelly. Hugh Morris attacks Blank from behind, causing Kelly and Bruce Smith to join in with the most wrestling your little brother strikes you've ever seen. Uh, Bruce Smith out here making Mongo McMichael look like Katsuyori Shibata with his blows. That is some. That is a deep cut right there. It is. This When I saw this one, I was thinking of getting a 10th head. I'm like, no, this is how we're ending this today. Right. Okay. Well, so obviously feel- this is a name wrestler. I'm not just going to throw this out here and be like, right. oh, it was Ernest the Cat Miller. Right. So NWO yep. was brought up. This would have been this would have been after Hogan was in NWO, but I feel like I would have known that. I feel like I would have known. Uh, how about we say Scott Hall? I'm going to go with Scott Hall. Scott and- Hall is a Good guess. What is your guess, uh, Scott? You know what? I'll let you guys keep guessing. Scott, you should have the next guess here. I feel like Scott Hall's not the answer, Scott. Just to... It is correct. Because so, there's He's Kevin Nash the and Hogan and Macho Man might have been in NWO at this point. Yeah, at this point, I would probably have to go with um, Eleanor Holmes Knowlton. Eleanor yeah. Holmes Knowlton. Oh, my, my delegate. My my lady, I walk through her the Eleanor Holmes Norton Green every day on the way to well every day the two days a week I'm in the office I walk through that green and on Georgetown Law Center so yep good old Eleanor Holmes Norton now I will give the super hint here that Frank has actually said the name already when listing various wrestlers okay so I I was gonna go over to Sean Waltman but it's not Sean Waltman. okay so was yeah. it Kevin Nash it was not Kevin Nash was it Hogan it was not Hogan okay so it's got to be Macho Man. It is the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yep. Uh, So, if you want to see Jim Kelly and Bruce Smith beating up the Macho Man, Randy Savage, with some very, very kayfabe-looking punches, uh, you can find that on YouTube. And that happened on this day in Bill's Headlines, uh, December 8th. Thank you so much for that. I'm gonna go look that up. I think what I've noticed with them with wrestlers is they look so big until football players get in there, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, like they're they're actually kind of small, um, but they're great, and I love it. Okay, um, I can say Hangman Adam Page looked really big when he was standing right in front. Yeah, of him. you you were five feet away from him, so not even, not even. Yeah. Um, okay, so if the Bills beat the Jets this week, they, I mean. They go from 99% to greater than 99% chance to make the playoffs, uh, including um, it looks like a 30% chance to host a wild card or 60% chance by week. So look, they, they're, they're, they're in good shape. One of the things I wanted to mention before I forget, uh, congratulations to the Bills for another winning season, five of the last six years. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that, while not the ultimate goal, it is an important thing to note because there have been many years of not winning seasons. And so... You know, to secure another one is important and the first step along the way. Um, the other key games this week, 
technically, uh, you know, Browns-Bengals could help if the Browns win. Steelers-Ravens, if the Steelers win, could help a little with seeding. Um, Chiefs-Broncos, obviously, the the if the Broncos were to suddenly play a competent football game and beat the Chiefs somehow. Um, the Broncos actually have a really good defense, but, but they do, they, yeah. But they, you know, have no offense. Uh, and Which then, is why their defenders are screaming at Russell Wilson yeah. on the sideline. Yeah, it's not. And Nate Hackett is like, okay, just keep doing that. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's not been a great time for, for Russ at Mile High. Um, but, of course, Dolphins, Chargers, Cardinals, Patriots would be the two other big matchups. Even the Patriots less so because they are at the bottom of the, the barrel. And if the Bills have to worry about the Patriots at this point— um, there's bigger issues. We'll leave it leave it there. Um, but Dolphins Chargers, it would be nice if the if the if the Chargers. I think the Dolphins can and will probably beat the Chargers, but it would be nice if the Chargers um, pulled that off. And then um, so the that will be the Sunday night game. And then the Bills Jets is one o'clock. One of the rare one o'clock Sunday games. Wow. Um, as we mentioned, a couple of key injuries with people not practicing yet this week. I'd be pretty doubtful on Milano at this point if he hasn't practiced twice, even though, again, he finished the goddamn game last week, and nobody's... I don't remember anybody saying anything about it. Um, yeah. So, super weird. I hope he's okay overall. Um, and, I, and I think you're right, because even when... He didn't practice twice. I've seen them do DNP, DNP, and then Friday limited, and then Sunday they don't usually play. So, even if he's limited tomorrow... it's a I, long, It, it could be a point. long shot unless there's, you know... And if it was an illness, they would have said illness. They said it's his knee, um, yeah. so I don't know. So hopefully that like it's nothing too terrible there. Um, let's see. Early. Let's see. Oh, Micah Hyden. I was looking at an injury thing, and uh, this the uh, thigh doctor was talk said something about a neck fusion, but I think he's talking about Micah Hyden, Christian Benford working on the sideline, whether they would need something. Um, not Milano. Uh, anyway. Jordan Poyer will be back, which is good. Trey White will be on the defensive side of the ball, which will be good. Um, Ed Oliver will be on the defensive side of the ball, which will be good. Um, the Bills, you know, will have hopefully a bit more of a running game, and it won't come down to some mamby-pamby weirdo kick at the end of the game again um, like it did the first time. This was another one of those games where it came down towards basically a kick at the end of the game that they couldn't quite get to. Uh was that right, Bills Jets last time? Or I know that was the Miami game. Yeah, it was a, it was a random. Yeah, they there was one where there's like six minutes left, and the Jets just kept running the football and eventually got field goal range, and left the Bills with like 32 seconds, and then all of a sudden Josh hurt his right elbow 20 to 17. Right. Yeah. Greg Zerline with a field goal and at a minute 43 left, and they couldn't they couldn't get back down to to tie it or or score. <clears throat> but um. You know, I think the Bills have got have got a better sense of themselves. They certainly have uh, adjusted offensively with how they want to play. Um, you know, I don't know. They might need some more wrinkles. They might need some more stuff. But let's turn it to Scott. Scott, you haven't had to say very uh, much recently. Why don't you give us your thoughts first on, on Bills Jets and how you think it'll play out and what you think the Bills need to do? I've been, uh, I've been pondering this game a bit. Good. And I'm gonna. I'll just do it. This is a podcast. Nobody cares, right? I'm gonna pick the Jets. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Um. I just. Um. I don't. I don't know that we're gonna run the table. And win. 
seven games in a row going into the playoffs. Um, I don't know that uh, part of me is like, if I'm part of this is hoping that if we're going to lose one, I'd rather lose this one than the Dolphins one next week. Okay. Um, part of me is spooked by the injuries of, of Milano. Um, you know, the Miller injury now kind of, I mean, people knew that he was out last week, but they didn't know he was going to be out forever. Um, part of it is the Jets are, are not a bad team. You know, the Patriots are a borderline mediocre team. The Jets are arguably a good team at this point. They are, they are seven and five. Um, you know, even if the Bills beat them, they'd be seven and six. They still have a decent chance to get into the playoffs. Um, you know, I don't playing, think they've been blown out all year. I think they've played, even their losses have been pretty close. I'll take a look at that. They, the Mike White is, I, I don't think he's some great, um, you know, the second coming or anything, but I think he's doing more than Zach Wilson was doing. Um, I mean, Wilson didn't play horrible against us. He played pretty well against us, but he also didn't, you know, light us up either in that game. I think it was a hundred and maybe 175 yards that he threw for. Um, so, and they were still able to score 20 points. Obviously, that was in in New Jersey. This one will be in Buffalo. Um, he threw for Wilson threw for 154 yards and a touchdown um, in the in the the uh, earlier. Um, so I think they're, you know, you know, obviously I think the Bills will be highly motivated for this game, but I think they've been highly motivated. I don't think the motivation has really been a question since they've kind of snapped out of their kind of doldrums in that kind of late November, you know, that they were going through the late November period and kind of snapped out of in the last three weeks. I don't think it's a motivation thing. I think it's just a matchup thing. And I could see it just being one of those things where it's like, even if we go all the way and win it all, you know, that some teams just have your number and they, they, the, the matchups way it is. Sal is a good coach. Um, and it could be just a fluky, weird game. Um, I haven't checked the weather, but that sometimes can be an issue as well. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll pick the Jets. I, I think the, there's a ten point line on ESPN, which is insane. Um, and uh, I, I will say the Jets win twenty four twenty one. Twenty four twenty one. Uh, it's going to be wet and in the high thirties on Sunday in Buffalo, New York. I did not look up Orchard Park, New York, but I expect it to be similar. Um, Paul. Take that. Yeah, those are some... uh, just just for your edification, uh, the Jets were were blown out by the Ravens and the Bengals in the early. Right, season. both fifteen point losses. I think I saw. Yep in the in the first two weeks, and then they've really they have put together some good offensive games. They put some there's some good defensive games. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. Scott makes some some valid points. I will give one more point in favor. Of the Jets, which is their level of health. You look at the injury reports this week, they are down defensive end Michael Clemens, who's a special teamer. Uh, even the other guys who are hurt were all limited in practice today, which means it seems likely one would expect that these guys will be in there on Sunday. So they will have that advantage for sure. They, you know, they've probably, they've at least, they've not no worse at quarterback. I'm not going to say they've upgraded necessarily. They've definitely gone sideways. Hopefully what we saw out of Mike White against Minnesota last week is kind of the beginning of a decline, and we see closer to Mike White we saw against the Bills last year. Um, I'm not ready to give this one to the Jets yet. Scott is very well right. The Jets can certainly win this game. Uh, there is, you know, zero doubt in my mind about that. 
Um, heck, the 1992 New York Jets finished nine, uh, four and twelve, and yet beat the AFC champion Buffalo Bills um, in Buffalo. So you know, it wouldn't be unheard of for that to happen. But I think, you know, injuries aside, to a degree, I think that you got the you got the home field this time. You sh- will have some of your defenders back, maybe not Matt Milano, which is unfortunate, but at least you have A.J. Klein now as your, your backup in there. You're kind of prepared more for what the Jets are doing. The Jets, as Frank pointed out when we analyzed the game initially, had to play a near-perfect game by their standards to win by three uh, at home against the Bills, uh, an injured Bills team. So I think Buffalo's just level of talent will come through here. I have not all year picked a scoregami, so I'm going to pick one this year and say the Bills it's barely time. cover and win this one 22 to 11. 22 to 11 would be a scoregami. So you figure the Bills will get give up uh, a safety in three field goals or maybe an eight. Yeah, for, uh, or, or maybe the Jets are trying to prove something going for two at the end when they're down 22 to three. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did we? I so maybe five even... field goals and a touchdown. A little bit of a struggle for the offense getting in the end zone for the Bills. Speaking of trying to prove something, we didn't talk about the end of the Patriots game where they basically quit, and it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic to watch Bill Belichick just sort of, you know, you go for the field goal, and then the presumption is you're going to definitely try and get the ball back, and then he's like, you know what, fuck this. I got, I got, uh, you know, I got to get caught up on Deadwood or some, whatever is on his <laughs> TiVo. Um, <clears throat> the Bills are 10-point favorites. I, I, I think that... I always think that you know they know that that the the book knows something that we don't know. I think that Mike White could cost them, you know, issue. I think there could be issues with with White. I think he's I think he's a below average quarterback. I think he's a journeyman, but I don't think he's very good. I think a lot of the Jets' success has been predicated on who they've played, and I know that's not a fun or easy thing to say. But it, much like the Dolphins, they've had a they've had a look. They've played the the Packers, the Steelers. The Browns, you know, the Broncos. Bills. They did beat the Bills. I'm not saying it, right? But I'm looking for the other good team they beat. They didn't beat another good team. They got beat by all the good. Like they, they did they barely beat Miami any... or am I hallucinating that? I thought they beat Miami. They beat Miami. Yes, they beat Miami. I think that was a, a Teddy Bridgewater game. Yes. They beat okay. the Skylar Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater Dolphins. So... I'm going to put an asterisk next to that. But they haven't beat a good team other than maybe the Packers. Maybe the Packers qualify as, like, a mediocre to good team. But I don't but know. But until they're better than 5-8, and eight, we're not going to regard them that way. Right. And, again, <laughs> they had to play their A game, which everybody brings against Buffalo. And they squeaked out a three-point victory. And I think that the Bills will have drilled into it this time that they're not going to let the game get away from them. I'm going to pick a game similar to this week. I think it's going to be 24-13 or 20, maybe, maybe as close as 24-17, something like that, where the Bills, I think, are going to be in control. It might not be beautiful or pretty, but I think the Bills will approach the game differently. I'm hopeful that Dawson Knox will get involved. I believe Dawson right. Knox is due to get involved, and now would be as good a time as any. Um I should yeah. mention, Frank, we give you the award for being closest with your pick last week. None of us were that close, but you had 28 to 20, an eight-point uh, Bills eight victory. Point. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll take the award and accept it uh, on behalf of me. Um, and if you would like to give us predictions, you should. You could do that, MNY Bills on Twitter, and we'll post this podcast, sh- uh, you know, not that you're listening now, but, you know, 
We'll post this podcast at some time before you hear me say this. That's how time works. Um, we really appreciate you listening, and hopefully we're talking about a 10-win Buffalo team after they beat the Jets going into a slobber knocker against the Dolphins on Saturday night. Uh, we can let you know how the three of us plan to jinx that Dolphins game, <laughs> um, and we'll go we'll go from there. We really appreciate you listening, though. Uh, until next time, though, thank you so much for listening. I am Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.